today's topic, I want to talk about shiny object syndrome and how this can absolutely ruin and tank your channel. So first things first, though, we got to back it up. Truthfully, I'm going to be honest with you guys and gals out there. I kind of had a shitty day and um, I was just wallowing in this self-pity and let me know if you guys have been there where it's just like thing after thing after thing in your life when you're in this headspace really seems to be going wrong. And at one point, I literally just kind of looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Shelly, I don't even know why the hell you make YouTube videos. Sometimes you put them out. Not very many people watch them. Like, if you just didn't put out your videos on Thursdays and Sundays, would anyone even notice slash care? And I was really feeling pretty bad about myself. And I honestly was just like, <laughs> you should just stop making YouTube videos. And I know <laughs> you guys could be looking at it from the outside and be like, what are you talking about? You have a YouTube channel. It seems to be doing fine and um, all these different things, but it doesn't stop you at whatever level you're at from just every once in a while, just being like, I don't want to do this. I, it's, it's so much work, you guys, right? Like it's so much work. And sometimes it just feels like even though everyone tells you and you know this, you have to grind, you have to keep working, you have to do this stuff, you have to stick with it. Sometimes it's just like, for what? For what? So tell me if you guys have ever felt that way and give me like a, a yes or something in the comments because one, misery really does love company. I want to know I'm not by myself here, but like it just makes you feel better when you know that like it doesn't matter what creator you watch or you look up to or you think they're doing awesome. Every single one of them, right, is going to have a moment where sometimes they're like, F this, I'm out. And you see it like with the bigger creators and they're like, I'm burnt out. I, I need to take a break. I think it was Alex Wasabi, you know, 15 million subscribers or something. And however many years on the platform, I was like, dude, I need a break. You know, you see it. Alicia Marie, I need a break. And these are people with, you know, 7 million, 15 million. And they're like, I need a break. So I get it. And creator burnout is real. And I also want to talk to you guys. Um, you guys saw the topic of it, but just so you know, and I think right now with everything that's going on with the world, with politics, with, you know, the pandemic and everything, it's very easy to feel isolated, to feel by yourself. We're not going to conferences. We're not communicating with people. We're not um, sharing these types of messages. So you think I'm just suffering silently and I'm by myself, but you're not. And so sometimes I think it's important that we do talk about these things. And it's not just like everything you see is like perfect and um, amazing online because it's not because I think that would be really disingenuous to sit here and be like, I never have any issues showing up every week, you know, and you guys know I put that on Twitter a while back where I was like, everyone thinks it's so easy to be a YouTuber. And then I was just like, just try it. Just keep showing up week after week. And, you know, even if five people watch your video in the next week, you know, like people are giving you hate comments and you're just like, why am I doing this? And just be like, no, keep going. So, um, yeah, it's tough, you guys. So I don't want you to think that it's not tough because it is. It's hard and I feel you and I'm with you. And I was feeling that way today. I almost like was sitting there with like my, my like my <laughs> myself being like, you don't need to upload anymore, like, period. <laughs> like, so I, I've been there with you guys. And um, so what is in the cup, by the way, today is um, I actually signed up for this Gary V Wine Club. And 
So instead of just getting the wine text where you choose a wine that you want to try, and the thing is, you know, you just get a description and you get it sent to you. This one is actually, you know, they pick three bottles or something a month and they send it. And so this is one of them. And this is the Sanseri uh, 2019 Jean-Marie Reverdy and Phil's. I don't know. It's kind of like a Sauvignon Blanc. It's kind of a, I don't know. So it's not bad. It's not bad, but I want to share with you what is in my cup, and that is what's in my cup. So let's see what is in your guys' cup. Uh, yes, fermented fruit juice. <laughs> so, Mr. G, let's see. Yeah, it's not easy being a YouTuber, tech for your needs. You know it, right? You had a bit of a break, and yeah, you ran out of content when my alopecia got better, and I am not big. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're making content on something like that, like a personal journey and with health and you know, it's great when you get better. It's awesome. But um, yeah, if that's the what you were making your content about, um, that could be more difficult. I mean, not impossible, just more difficult. So um, I quit because what else? Yeah, no, I get it. I, I totally get it. So what's in Shelly's cup is white wine tonight, white wine. Okay. So first of all, Let's come back to this. How many of you have ever heard of shiny object syndrome? And if you think you know what it means or you you definitely know what it means, put it in the comments. So put it down there. And I'll even give you some Jeopardy music as you are doing that, drinking regular water. All right, that's fine. You do you. Put in your definition of what you think. Um, yeah, of what you think uh, shiny object syndrome is. I'll read them out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just I got distracted there for a second. So Sharon Ramos, still, uh, sorry if that is pronounced incorrectly, said chasing instead of focusing. Good answer. And in here we've got tech for your needs. If you mean gas, which is gear acquisition syndrome, in that is a meeting. Um, and then kombucha is saying shiny object syndrome, always trying to buy new cameras or equipment. Awesome answer. And then I have an idea this last year and trying to stop that buying whatever is looking and <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, it's totally fine if you've never heard of it. Hey Susan, how's it going? And uh buying just because it's shiny. Okay. <laughs> it, it's okay. Chasing too many things, switching niches, too many channels, and um the bubbles really match with me. I know, right? Happy coincidence. All right, so let's talk about this, everyone. So shiny objects and there's no like definition, like Webster's diction. This is like a, a Shelley definition. Okay. So first of all, shiny object syndrome is like several of you have said, it is chasing after um, something that's new and something that's different and something that seems sexy and something that is just different from what you are used to. And so you get this a lot when you see like squirrels or dogs, you know, and they're like squirrel or um, that kind of thing where they're interested in the thing that catches your eye because it's flashy and it's different and it's in your peripheral, right? So all of a sudden, it's just like, ooh, new gear, right? Or it's, ooh, I want to make new videos on this niche um, that is nothing to do with what my channel is about or, ooh, I, whatever it is, okay? And the truth is, if you think about it, sometimes what YouTube, well, there's no sometimes about it, okay? What YouTube, you guys tell me, what do you think YouTube wants? Right, there's there's a real purpose and to what it is that uh, YouTube wants. YouTube wants to keep as many people on the platform for as long as possible so that they can continue to serve ads for them or drive them so crazy that they get YouTube red or whatever it is. And um, 
they want to serve ads because that's where they're making their money because they're letting us all upload our content for free, right? 500 hours of content every 60 seconds is being uploaded on the platform. Your dog is in my peripheral thoughts. <laughs> my dog is really cute. I have to say she's she was just barking up my leg here just a second right before the live stream. So I had to give her enough pets to like have her sleep it out for just a second. And then we'll see how how long that lasts. But YouTube's entire focus is to get people to stay on the platform, just like Amazon's entire purpose while you're shopping and browsing on the site is to recommend like items so that people will buy more things and add more to their basket. So if you've ever been shopping on Amazon and it's uh, here's this book, right? All of a sudden you've got people who bought this book also purchased or people who bought this camera also looked at because they're doing comparison shopping, right? They want you to see these things so that you want to buy these things. And that is how they make money. So YouTube is no different. They are focused and following the behavior of their viewers and they want to make sure that whatever the person is interested in, they see that video next. They keep them on the platform for as long as possible. So what happens when you as a creator, why do we, right? Why do we get shiny object syndrome? Mm -mm. Pixel Pia is in the house. Welcome, Pixel Pia. Pixel Pia, if you didn't notice, her channel name is in green and she gets a cool little um, icon next to her name, and that is because she is a channel member, by the way. So I have to say hi to all of my channel members. But if you want to be one, then you should join the membership and you'll get to co use cool emojis and whatnot too. So I'm just putting that out there. But here's the thing is, one of the reasons why we love and we have shiny object syndrome is because it feels good to us to think we get that initial jolt. We get a serotonin release of like in a good dopamine hit that gives us when um, you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you do is you open up Instagram and, you know, first of all, you've got like really fit dudes and you notice that all of a sudden that you watch some fit dudes and then they sh keep showing you more fit dudes and then you're like, what are you doing? You're spending more time on the app because you want to scroll and see more, right? And they're serving you these things. And then you go to Twitter and then you... Um, you're like, oh, did I get any likes or retweets or anything like that? Because it makes you feel good to get that hit where it's like, ooh, someone thought that what I had to say was great or, um, you know, someone wants to debate with me in this thing and you get this rush in like, oh, no, I'm going to prove them wrong. I'm going to say something. I'm going to zing them and then I'm going to wait and see if they come back because there is this rush that happens to you when you open the app and you see something that is giving you positive reinforcement. And if you think about this, Everything pretty much having to do with your smartphone or with a computer or with whatever, these are all distractions that give us varying levels of dopamine hits when we need them. And so many of us don't realize how addicted to our smartphones or devices that we are until like nothing feels great enough until we get into Instagram and see how many likes we have. And then you're just mindlessly scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, right? And then all of a sudden you're in TikTok and you've lost two hours of your life. This is what all of these platforms are like doing to us because they just want to keep continuing to feed us these things. So the newest thing that we all have, right, um, is going to be Clubhouse. And so I didn't want to just label this live stream like 
why I really don't like Clubhouse that much because it's it's part of an ongoing conversation and Clubhouse is our new shiny object, okay? So the thing with Clubhouse, right? And if you don't know what Clubhouse is, I did just do a um, vertical video on it on my vertical video channel, just kind of explaining some of the ins and outs etiquette. If you're new on the, um, on the platform, you can go check that out. But basically it is an iOS for now, only app where you can go in, it's party line, basically audio only, you can drop into different chat rooms, you can hopefully based on subject, talk to people who all like the same thing, right? Here is my problem with Clubhouse, okay? Some rooms, some people, some topics, people go into some of these rooms and they spend six, seven, eight hours. 12 hours and they wear it as like this badge of honor. Like we've been in this room for 12 hours. And I'm like, do you know what you could have done with 12 hours? You could have created three YouTube videos. You could have done, you know, whatever else it is. You could have done a live stream. You could have um, done so much that is actually going to further yourself. But we have this fear of like, oh, I have FOMO if I'm not in Clubhouse because there are some great speakers and there are some great rooms and there are some great topics. But what I see more often than not are people who are spending the majority of their time in there and they are not taking a break and using it for what it is, okay? So if you think about this though, it makes us feel good. We get brought on stage. Uh, we get told we're great speakers. We get told, you know, whatever it is. We get a new um, rush when we get followers on these platforms. But in the in the long run, it may or may not actually be helping you. It may be harming you. It may be hurting you. And the thing is, it's just a shiny object that is distracting us from what a lot of us want. And so what I hear in a lot of these rooms is, I want to be, you know. YouTube famous. I want to get a lot of subscribers. I want to grow my channel. It's it's a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. And it always comes back to like, I've taken a break. I haven't been consistent. Um, I have a lot of niches. I have a lot of interests. And I think you guys know the answer. It's like the answer is always make more videos, get more data, rinse and repeat on the things that work, take out the things that don't work. But people, a lot of the, like that, took 15 seconds, right? Like that's the advice, that's the thing. People don't want that though because everyone thinks that their channel is special, They're, and they are, everyone's channel is special. Everyone is a special snowflake. Yes, I get it, you're all individual, but at the end of the day, the advice is the same. Make more content, the audience will tell you what they like, make more of what the audience wants, right? And take yourself out of the equation because everyone gets all butthurt about like, but I think this and I want that, which is very, very selfish way to think about it. And now this is going to piss off a lot of people and maybe some of those people who are in the clubhouse. But it's usually <laughs> a very selfish place where most people are coming from. And what they don't want to hear is it's not really about you. It's about your content and the value that it provides to the people who are watching it. And most of the time when you're starting out, people don't know you. They don't necessarily like you. They don't necessarily want to hear about your life. They don't want any apologies as to why you haven't been on the platform for six months. You know what I mean? It's it's very much about, can you entertain me? Can you teach me something? 
can you help me escape this life that I'm living and give me like, let me transport me to someplace else, you know? And a lot of people don't want to think about that. They want to think about, <laughs> hey, Farmstead Smith, it's nice to see you here. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you're here hanging out with us too. So yes, FOMO is definitely re real. Absolutely. <laughs> so you guys, tell me if this is resonating with you guys so far, if this makes sense to you or if I, if you're just like, no, I want to be in Clubhouse for 12 hours and I think that's fantastic. So here's the thing is, right, what is your shiny object? So this is where you can actually just be honest and say my um, shiny object is um, wanting to make videos that are not in my niche, right? My shiny object is um, wanting to be on TikTok when I've never created TikTok, but then it becomes, but I've never made vertical video. So first I have to go off and watch a million videos about how to make vertical video. You know what actually is the better way to learn how to make vertical video? Make vertical video and then figure out what works, what doesn't work, what apps do you like, what apps do you not like? And the, the act is like creation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people forget to actually do things. They just want to learn things. And, um, and here's the thing is like, you can watch 500 hours of baseball or skateboarding or snowboarding, but if you never strap on your boots and get off the friggin' chairlift or actually get up on a mountain, just because you watch 500 hours of X Games, like <laughs> you're not going to come out and be an Olympian. You're probably going to fall on your ass a whole bunch of times and slide down the mountain and you have to take your lumps with you. Like that's just the way that it is. Okay. That's just the thing. Now here is what's happening. A lot of people get distracted by these shiny objects and they're like, Ooh, yeah, I can be on TikTok or ooh, yeah, I should make YouTube shorts or ooh, yeah, I need to do Instagram reels and ooh, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> but the act of content creation is, it doesn't even matter what you're making. So you could make a video like this in a 16 by nine, cut out the middle, all of a sudden you got vertical video, go put it on a million different platforms, doesn't really matter, right? You can, um, yeah, make some vertical videos and then decide which is better on LinkedIn or Instagram, or you can just put it everywhere. So also I am going to, yeah, paralyze doing research. So it's like analysis paralysis. You end up doing hours and hours of research. So you watch Nick Nimmin and you watch Roberto Blake and you watch Daryl Eves and you watch Dean Nimmin for 1000 hours and you don't actually produce any videos. And then you put out two videos three months apart and then you're like, why am I not getting subscribers? I've been watching so much. And I'm like, yeah, you watched 500 hours of how to skateboard. You never got on a skateboard. It doesn't make you a skateboarder. It's like you watch 500 hours of Roberto Blake. It doesn't make you a YouTuber. What makes you a YouTuber is making a video, putting it on YouTube and hitting publish or whatever platform you want to be on. And then doing that, consistently over and over and then learning what what is working, what is not working, doing more of what's working and doing less of what isn't working. That's the trick. There is no like, I can get to a million subscribers if I just, you know how you get to a million subscribers? You make a lot of videos so that a lot of people finally find you and then they tell a friend, whatever it is. But if you have zero videos, the chances of you hitting a million subscribers is pretty pretty slim to none. Okay. I'm not going to say never because, you know, there's going to be one person out there and then they're going to be like, ha ha, I did it. And so I feel like I have to qualify with, I can never say never. But yeah. Here's the thing. I heart D too. 
I'm not saying don't watch D. I'm saying if you watch D for so long that you actually then never make any videos, that's not what D wants. D would rather have you watch him half the time and probably make some videos. And because here's the thing is you ask better questions when you have more data as well. So you can't come to D and say like, hey, I want to use KineMaster and you've never even opened the app. Okay, if you had a question about um, Prism Live Studio or something like that, but you've actually opened the app and be like, hey, I came across this weird thing where I couldn't actually insert a GIF because like this is was a weird overlay thing. Have you come across that is different than like, dude, I can't make videos. <laughs> and it's just like people do the same when they comment on my videos. So I've had several people to be, um, this video didn't work. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. Um, how am I supposed to even start to help you if your only thing is this didn't work? And when I have to push them for like, oh, well, and it's just like, talk it out, explain it to me, use your words. And they're like, hey, um, when I tried to do blank, this thing didn't work. That's easier for me to come in and be like, oh, I see what you did. Totally happens. You're going to have to do this and this, and then you'll probably get this result. That's different, though, than someone who's just like, it's not working. This video sucks, which I've also had. And I'm like, the video may not suck. Like the video, <laughs> maybe it does suck, whatever. Um, but I'm like, maybe you just weren't actually doing it in sequential order. Where did you go off track? What happened? Walk me through the problem. Um, and that's the thing is if someone is also going to come to um, No Coffee today, um, oh no, I don't have coffee today. Yeah, I have wine today. Today was a wine day. I mean, after everything that's going on in the country, with everything that's going on, just with me personally, you missed it, but I'm, I'm kind of wallowing in a self-despair day. So if this talk is more negative than usual, then my upbeat, happy self. It's because I'm just not feeling in the best headspace and I almost quit YouTube today. So just being honest on that one. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you guys though <clears throat> about, yes, Dennis, creation versus consumption. I'm not against consumption. I'm not against watching Dean Nimmin, Nick Nimmin, Roberto Blake. I'm against you only consuming and never creating. So let's have that be very, very clear. I'm not against Clubhouse as an idea, as a place to connect, as a place to get um, information. And like, it's amazing if you think about it for what it is. So I was just in a room, actually not even that long ago, tonight, and Pat Flynn was in there, Roberto Blake was in there, Dean Nimmin, Daniel Batal. Um, there was a bunch of us in there. And I was just like, Except for Vid Summit, where would you see us all like standing in a hallway and just kind of talking to each other? You wouldn't. You wouldn't see that. So for that, it's great. But if you're going to spend 15 hours on the app but not apply anything that people are telling you inside of those rooms, then it's not great. You know what I'm saying? So like having all this knowledge is not the same as applying any of this knowledge. So let's talk about this. I want to talk to you guys about a story about Richard Branson. So uh, Virgin Mobile, yes, absolutely. So here's the thing is, you know, He's a billionaire, had an airline, has Virgin Mobile, all that stuff. So what if I told you that Richard Branson turned down $500,000 for a one-hour talk? So commonly you'll have, um, you know, CEOs or big-time people. They're flown out to other conventions and different companies and, you know, give this motivational talk on whatever topic it is and will fly you out and, uh, which is funny because he owns an airline, uh, will fly you out to give this one hour talk 
and will pay you an exorbitant amount of money. So people like Shalene Johnson, Gary Vee, um, you know, Richard Branson, all these people. So here's how it went is there was a company. They wanted Richard Branson to do a keynote talk at their conference. And they said, you know what? Um, we're going to give him, we're going to give him $100,000 to come and do this talk. One hour, one hour tops, right? So how many of you, raise your hand, would take $100,000 to do a one hour talk? I mean, <laughs> yes, please, right? $100,000? Yeah. So they were trying to get in contact with Richard Branson and the front, you know, um, administrative assistant. I, I never call them like receptionists because they're they're way more than that. And, you know, honestly, some of them so smart. Um, and they really they run <laughs> those people's lives. And without them, so much so much of them, um, <laughs> so much stuff would not happen. But basically, the person was like, no, I won't connect you. And no, you won't do this talk for $100,000. So the people are like, hmm, we really want Richard Branson to come do this talk, right? I take half that. And um, and so they're like, okay, fine. So they call back and they say, hey, we want Richard Branson to do our talk. We're willing to pay him $250,000 to do this talk. And the person says, no, I'm not going to connect you to him. He's not going to do that. <laughs> so here we are. We've gone from $100,000 to $250,000, right? And so how many of you think like that's crazy? Like, why would you not take $250,000 to do this talk, right? I mean, for some people, we think, yeah, that's, it's an hour. It's an hour out of your day or whatever it is. And um, so the company, they're like, okay, seriously, what is this? So they get a little more upset and then they're like, okay, fine. It's going to be our last offer. They call back and they say, hey, we're going to offer Richard Branson $500,000 to come in and do a one-hour talk, send in a private jet. All he has to do is this talk. We'll fly him in, fly him out the same day. $500,000. Will you put us through? And the lady's like, no, I'm not going to put you through. And so I was like, why will you not put me through? Are you saying like these anyone on this earth would be crazy not to take $500,000 to do a one-hour talk? And so I'm going to bring this here up on screen because I just think it's pretty awesome. Um, one second here. Main and quote because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay. No, we have been empowered by Richard to not let any calls, meeting requests, or ideas through to him until he has completed current, uh, the current three strategic objectives that he is working on. Paid speaking engagements is not one of those strategic objectives. And they say no. So <laughs> they say no. So here's a guy who is so focused and empowers his employees to also speak on his behalf. And he's like, if it is not one of these three strategic objectives, I don't want to entertain it and I don't want to do it. Now that is focus, right? That is dedication and focus. Now, how many of you have that same level of focus and dedication to anything? Because I sure as hell do not. I don't. So if you do, then kudos to you. I'll cheers to you, first of all. So let's talk about this for a second. I, if you tuned in last week, which was our New Year's special, and I was talking about New Year's resolutions, and um, I was talking about words that did not make the list for my one word mantra slash ethos for this next year, and mine that I ended up coming up with was abundance, one of the words that I rejected was focus, right? Now, 
I think that we can all see that Richard Branson was, one of his words would definitely be focus, right? <laughs> Three strategic initiatives. He's like, if this is not in that bucket, then I'm not doing it. And that is dedication and focus. So I wanted to talk about this with you. So I got to find the right post-it, okay? <laughs> so here's the post-it. You guys, I, I'm not kidding. I will show you at the end of this. I have like literally 12 post-its and I thought it would help my squirrel brain, but uh. so here's one of the things in focus, right? And the next one underneath here is feeling sorry for yourself, which honestly, I think it's okay for us to sometimes feel sorry for ourselves. I do. And I'm not one of those who thinks that we should just toughen up and never show any of that kind of stuff. Because if you think about it, one of the things that we're not very good at is our allowing ourselves to just feel how we feel in that moment. And I don't want to, and we talked about it last week, and I don't want to get too frou-frou on you. But if you think about this, there are certain people in this world that can always handle whatever is brought to them. Don't overreact only in the moment and then are kind of calm and level-headed. And then there are people who just blow up and cannot process their emotions, right? And the people who have a better chance sometimes at life or dealing with these weird things or making tougher decisions are ones who become almost accustomed to living within that like normal of being uncomfortable, processing their feelings, dealing with it and handling it like with emotional growth and like maturity. And so it's definitely something that I'm working on, but it's basically allowing yourself to feel as you feel, processing that, letting yourself wallow in it for a little bit if that's what it is, but not letting that take all day and be all consuming. And then looking at what is my next strategic step from not feeling like this. Think about that for a second. I'm never saying you should not feel bad or feel sad or feel less than. I'm not trying to be someone who says like, you should never feel like that. I'm saying that it's okay to feel like that as long as you don't live in it forever. And then you actually decide what to do after that. Okay. So I want to talk to you about how do you then decide what those things are? Okay. Next post-it, <laughs> right? So I definitely, um, I'm working on this, but devising a list for yourself of things that actually make you feel good, goals that you have, steps that you could take to get there, okay? So these are activities that get you closer to your goal, right? So this is something such as um, if your goal was to be not only consistent on YouTube, but to make your YouTube channel, which since we're on YouTube, I want to go ahead and make sure I acknowledge this and use this as an example is if you wanted to make the best YouTube channel that you could possibly, a list of activities, list your guys's list of activities, right? It would be things like go back and fix your old thumbnails. Look at thumbnails that don't have very good click-through rates. Redo your thumbnails. Redo description boxes. Redo tags, right? Sometimes you, we don't want to look backwards, but sometimes if you go back and, and help some of those older videos, be like, hey, this one has a click-through rate that's 1%. Maybe I could actually change it and have it be a higher percent. So if you wanted to be someone who did, um, if you're on TubeBuddy and you're on the legend version, that would be a great time for you to take advantage of the fact that you can do A-B testing, right? So you can create an entire new thumbnail and throw that one up and run a test and be like, hey, which one did better, 
Or if you're also using TubeBuddy, you can use their click magnet system, which you can go in and study your own channel. So things like, do people like it when my face is close up in a thumbnail? Do they like it if there's multiple people in my thumbnail? Do they like it when I'm smiling? Um, that kind of stuff. So can you script your next video, right? Can you be doing keyword tag research or like looking for topics or creating your pillar strategy of content or creating playlists or thinking about, you know, how to write the best description box that you can or taking some of those old videos and um, turning them into Pinterest pins or actually creating vertical videos and putting them whatever. So there's all of these activities that you can do that are productive in you getting closer to your goal of what you want, which is have a better YouTube channel, then there's a lot of things that we do that don't get us closer to that. But because they're shiny objects, give us that same dopamine hit, right? Which feels good in the moment. So we're talking about scrolling on Instagram because we're bored, going onto TikTok and falling into a rabbit hole, um, going into Twitter, right? participating in drama and gossip, all of these things that um, none of those things are helping you have a better YouTube channel, but some of them, many of them give you that dopamine hit to make you feel good in the moment. Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense to you, if this actually resonates with you, right? So how much of our time is spent on activities that don't get us closer to our goal, which is we're not focused, but it makes us feel good maybe in the moment until it crash later, makes us not feel good because we're not then where we want to be with our YouTube channel. Does this make sense yet? Are we getting thumbs ups on this? Thumbs up? Okay, so I wanna talk to you though about why, you guys seriously, right? We're through these and we're only halfway through. I want to talk to you about why we don't actually stay focused, okay? Why we don't do these things, okay? Number one is we don't think about it. We mindlessly scroll and we don't actively go to a list of things that would be a better alternative. So we don't even think about it. We're just like, oh, let me open up Clubhouse and then what do you know six hours later have passed? Oh, let me open up Twitter. All of a sudden, what have you got? You got delicious looking food. You've got buff guys. You've got girls in bikinis. You've got, um, you know, tons of makeup and beautiful items. And then all of a sudden you're like, maybe I should make some makeup videos. Maybe I should drink some more wine. Maybe, and then maybe I should take a bubble bath and keep scrolling. Maybe I should watch some more YouTube videos. And here we are six hours later, then lamenting about how we haven't done anything about making our channels be better or just lamenting the fact that we don't have a channel that is where we want it to be, right? This is making sense, people? Yes, awesome, great, you're still with me. <laughs> um, so here's, here's what we say is like, one, we don't even have a list and we don't even realize that we're doing these things too. Um, it feels boring and it feels mundane and it feels repetitive and it feels restrictive and we don't like that. So raise your hand if that's you. And even if you had a list, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to go do thumbnails. I hate doing thumbnails. I've made that thumbnail already. Even though we know that the thumbnail's not performing well. We're just like, I don't want to do it. I've already done it. Right? Or it feels like, oh, I don't want to make another video about whatever topic because I want to be able to make a, a topic, a new video, right? Whatever it is, um, because I'm bored of this topic and I want to be able to make whatever videos I want. 
So there's that, right? Here's something really interesting though. How many of you, how many of you, and you can, you can put hashtag that's me in the comments if this sounds like you. Um, sometimes, even though we feel restrictive and we're like, this is repetitive and I hate this and this feels like constricting, you'll then go turn on Netflix or whatever it is and you'll watch Friends for the one millionth time or you'll watch The Office, even though you know Pam and Jim get together in the end and get married, or you'll watch a movie that you've already watched before and be fine throwing your time away. Because here's the thing is, even though it's repetitive and even though you know what's going to happen, there's something very comforting in knowing already what's going to happen, in knowing, to be, in being able to recite the line, right? There's something very like comforting about that entire repetitive, familiar feel. So if you think about it, we do like it sometimes. We just don't like it when we choose not to like it, <laughs> right? So Pixel P is saying, I have lists and schedules and my stubbornness helps me stay on track. Awesome. See? Yes. Yes. So we got a hashtag, that's me, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, we got a that's me. Okay, sweet. Sweet. It is me. I... I cannot even tell you, like once a year, I rewatch the entire Friends series. I had it on a regular, um, I, I had the DVDs and then I bought the Blu-ray DVDs, even though I already have the DVDs. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was on Netflix and then I watched it there because then I didn't have to change out the discs. I have watched it a million times. I know all of the lines. I can tell you where the extended scenes are because I watched the box set that has all the extended scenes. Here's the thing is it's very familiar and it makes me feel good that I know exactly what's going to happen. Now this happens a lot also for a lot of introverts and for a lot of people who feel overwhelmed in uh, social interactions as well. So that's also another thing. It's comforting to me that I have what I feel like this parallel social relationship with people that I think I know what's happening. I know these characters inside and out. I know exactly what the plot line is going to do. I know which episodes to watch when I'm feeling happy and when I'm feeling sad, right? And that's comforting to me. Did I get any other that's me's? I only saw one that's me. But there's the thing is, it actually, it's surprising if you think about it in your life, how often... This happens to you and you actually will do things like you'll drive home the same route because it's familiar and you know you won't get lost and you know exactly what to expect, right? You go to a restaurant and you order the same dish because it feels familiar and it's routine and you know that on this day I'm going to do this workout and I'm going to do this series of exercises because it's routine. And then you've just ch changed and trained your mind to think from routine even though it's mundane and repetitive, you're like, no, this is just what I do on Thursday. It's leg day. I do this on leg day, right? So if you think about it, you actually do it to yourself a lot. You just haven't trained your mind to think about it in terms of what it is that you actually want to do with your life, with your goals, with whatever. So this is where you actually have to do some of that work beforehand and say, hey, if my focus this year is making the best YouTube content that I can, then one, I need to consume less and I have to create more and I have to look at the data and I need to rinse and repeat this process, not the process of feeling sorry for myself and then spending six hours watching Roberto Blake or whatever. Roberto's great, I'm just saying. And if you actually came up with a list of things 
so that the next time you think I should mindlessly scroll through Twitter or whatever, here's the thing is I was so invested in pick something, right? Jeffree Star, did he break up Kanye and um, Kim Kardashian? Did that happen? Did um, did Amanda Ensing and Manny MUA start fighting over some tweets? Did Tommy Lahren actually not age well with this tweet about, you know, Republic? Here's the thing. So many of these things that I want to like get up in arms about or get on my Twitter high horse about or insert myself into, these people don't have an effect on my, I don't know them in real life. I'm not friends with them in real life. I have never interacted with them in real life. And yet I feel invested to watch two hours of this drama of what, you know, tea spill or what Angelica Oles or Smoky Glow are going to say about this situation, about people that mean nothing to me in my real life. Tell me if this is you. Tell me if this is you. Okay? <laughs> like, we spend time on things that give us this immediate dopamine hit of like, I can't believe they said this. And what is, what's going to happen when they retweet this? And did you watch this Instagram story? <laughs> For people that don't matter to you and have nothing to do with your life. None at all. And like I said, I'm not against using Clubhouse at all. I am saying that you should allot in your schedule, Pixelpia, a certain amount of time that you are willing to spend on that particular thing. And when that time is up, you shut it down. So just like a podcast, right? You say, I would like to dedicate 45 minutes of my life to learning about this said topic. Now I can, because, you know, Clubhouse or podcast or whatever, put it in my ears and go about my day doing housework or doing whatever. But at the end of that 45 minutes, you need to be able to be focused and dedicated enough to be like, this is it. I've hit my limit. I need to stop. This is all I've allotted for the day. If you were to actually go in and block out your day and be like, hey, if I need to stay in Clubhouse for another hour, I need to look at my schedule and cut out something else that I had allotted for an hour. Hopefully this is making sense because what's going to happen is then if you take this one hour slot that was dedicated to Clubhouse or podcast or whatever it is, and you turn it into 12 hours, you no longer have time to do the things that you want to do. Now, whether that's setting up alerts and timers on your phone that says like, hey, alarm, you need to log off this app or whatever else it is, that's really hard for a lot of people to do because you're like, I enjoy this dopamine hit that I'm getting from being in here, being told that I'm smart and I'm pretty and I am valuable and the information that I'm giving is awesome, right? But you have everyone fighting for that same dopamine hit. So you're waiting for the next opportunity. You can raise your hand and be like, but I have something to say and this is something different and this is something special. And, and you're not necessarily sometimes even doing it to help the person. You're just doing it so that you can have other people tell you that you're smart and you're brilliant and they need to follow you on social media. But keep in mind, if you take then 12 hours and you decide that you need to put that on Clubhouse, that is 12 hours that, you know, that you are not spending on creating your own data points, creating your own content, creating your own videos. And if you're okay with that because your goal is community and being heard, then that's one thing. But if your goal is to create the best YouTube channel that you can, 
And what you need to do is create YouTube content. And it's great that you can listen to Daryl Eves and Roberto Blake talk. But guess what? You can also get that on YouTube. You can also get that at VidSummit. You can also get that on a podcast. What you can't get is the experience of knowing when I put out a video at five o'clock on a Wednesday versus if I put out a video at noon on a Tuesday on topic A versus topic B or thumbnail A versus thumbnail B, what my audience wants or likes or doesn't like about that. Okay, because as great as Dean Nimmin and Nick Nimmin and everybody, Daniel Batal and myself are, we can't tell you the behaviors of your audience. We can tell you what we think might happen if you do something. But again, it comes from this selfish place where all of these creators are like, what can I do? What can I do? But keep in mind, again, what does YouTube want? YouTube doesn't care as much about the creator as it cares about the customer or, you know, the viewer's experience. First of all, there's a lot more viewers than there are creators. Keep that in mind. So when you want to also keep a group happy, you want to keep the viewers happy with watching content. Just like, hey, if you are watching this video, um, we also think you would like to watch this video. That makes YouTube happier. That makes YouTube happy. What also makes YouTube happy is Shelly put out a video on iMovie and it was really well received. Guess what? Shelly put out another video on iMovie and that one we think will also be well received because people like the old one. You see what I'm saying? And it's not about, oh, yay, Shelly. Go. It's not about finding viewers um, for me. It's not like, hey, YouTube, I published a video. Go tell everyone because YouTube will tell you, first of all, we're only going to inform like 10% of your viewers. Go look at your analytics. It's also going to say that, let's say 10% of your audience is actually watching your videos, which means 90 to 85% of the time when people are finding your videos, it's not even people who are subscribed to you. And then 10% of that are people who actually rung the bell and said they want notifications from you. So again, YouTube is following the behavior of viewers. They're not out there trying to find videos for your video. Or they're not trying to find viewers for your videos. They are trying to find videos that will interest the person who's watching. So again, people think it's the opposite. It's not. So that's why I, I laugh when people are like, I put out a video. How come YouTube isn't pushing it? How come they're not letting my people know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? YouTube's like, great, thank you. But what's really more important is this person watched a video, we need to give them more of that so we can keep them on the platform longer. If that happens to be your video, great. But it's not really that important. It's about what videos did they watch before? How did they interact with it? What did they see when they saw CTR? You know what I'm saying? So actually, Pat Flynn, yeah, is talking about super fans. So we're talking about 1,000 real fans. So it's not always about people think that making money or doing anything online is about having the highest subscription uh, or subscribers, having the most viewers, having all of that stuff. Here's the thing. Let's talk about this for a second. If you were a real estate agent, how many people can buy a house? How many people can be under contract on a house with you? One, right? How many people need to actually come through an open house and maybe like your house and, and can purchase it? One, Great that you got 5,000 people to your open house. How many people can be under contract? One, okay? So if you keep thinking about this, it's not always about the number of people that came through the open house. It's about the people that you can actually get to 
sometimes make a purchase or know, like, and trust you or say, hey, this wasn't the right house for me, but I like this neighborhood or I like you and I want you to show me this next house, right? Yes. So I also wanted to, I mean, tell you guys this. One of the reasons that I wasn't feeling, okay, this is going to take a lot more wine. Let's talk about this. Are we going to talk about this? Are we going to talk about this? I don't know if we're going to talk about this. Let me, let me get back to my post-its. I don't know if I'm ready to share all this. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> let me just check the post-its first. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this one says, why do we want to switch? Why do we want to? And this is for someone who feels sometimes stuck in their niche or stuck in what is on their channel. Because we feel restricted, because we feel chained up, and because we're coming at it from this selfish um, thing where YouTube is like, oh my God, we'd love it if you made another iMovie tutorial, Shelly, because wow, yeah, people like iMovie tutorials from you. But for me, I'm like, oh God, another, I, you know, another tutorial. But they might be like, no, we love it. We want more of it. But here's what we, I want, right? I want the dopamine hit that comes when it says like, I want to do something else. I want to do another type of video, another genre, whatever it is. And that's because I'm looking for some sort of validation that I can be something other than just the one thing that people know me for. And um, it's a hard battle, <laughs> battle to have when you realize that sometimes um, being known for one thing can be great, but it can also not feel that great. <laughs> So let's talk about this real quick. So, oh, yeah, this is actually still a good one. We should come back to this. If you are, though, feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling boxed in, if you are feeling, yeah, you really have to examine, why do I feel this way? A lot of the time it's selfish. But we have to come back to our center over and over again. We have to come back to our purpose. We have to come back to who is it that I'm trying to help? What is it that I'm trying to do? And it's very, very, very easy. I have this right up here. It says very, very easy to feel overwhelmed. And also it's very easy to feel like in the in the grand scheme of things that like you don't matter. It doesn't matter. Like nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing matters. So one of the things that I think you can do to help combat shiny object syndrome as well is, um, you know, people are trying to be like, hey monetize on Facebook and hey, be on Amazon and hey, be on YouTube. And you're like, God damn it. My head is spinning. How the hell am I supposed to be on all these places at once? And it just feels overwhelming and just like too much. Tell me if that is, if that's anybody else or just me, definitely me. But um, one thing that I will say that is that has helped is even doing these live streams at first, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little bit more nervous because you guys know that my squirrel brain tends to go like this, whereas a lot of topics and stuff when it's on a podcast or on a particular video tend to go like this. It's very linear. It's very like, first do this, then do this, then do this. And I'm just kind of like, ooh, I am literally the embodiment of shiny object syndrome just when it comes to topics. And I'm like, let's talk about this and let's talk about that and let's talk about this. And oh, you know what? That reminds me of a story. So I do want to say a um, one of the tools, and I put this on this post, of course I put it on post-it. One of the things that does help me be everywhere, so technically I am on Twitch, I am on 
YouTube. I am on Periscope. I am on Facebook right now, currently. Um, and one of the tools that I use to do that is Restream right here. Channel sponsor, by the way. And um, I do not have the energy nor the time nor the desire to do the stream once and then pull it down and then put it up on every other platform that I just mentioned. And so the ability to even hook up like I'm going live through Ecamm, but I'm pushing to restream and it's pushing it to everywhere else. And the ability to be able to do this um, has been like really, really helpful to me because I just, I can't do this content six times over to put it on six different platforms. I don't have the time to do that. And so I would encourage you, you guys, they do have a free version, like check this out, check this out right here. And one of the things is they have a site, I could tell you, I can I can put it up, but they have a, a place where you can push it out to basically 30 different sites, sites you've never even heard of, sites I've definitely never heard of. And, and the thing is, if, if your audience is there, just like when it comes back to the real estate agent and they only need one, they only need one if it's a, a coaching program, if it's um, some service you're selling, if it's, you know, the e-course that I have on editing, which, yeah, by the way, check that out. If you want to learn how to edit this year and actually get that off of your to-do list or to-learn to list, go check that out. But um, the fact that I can do that and have it be every place um, has been so great. But check it out. They do have a free version. And if you want to sign up for a, um, you know, a paid version, you can get $10 off with my link. But I think it's actually a really great idea to be able to push to all these different places at one time. So that's definitely a tool that can help. And you can meet the people where they are and you don't force them to be where they're not wanting to be. So one of the things that I talk about where um, shiny object syndrome is then what if your shiny object was parlor? Or what if it was Vine? Or what if it was um, Vero, which was only here for four months? If you think about that, and you know, some people, and I've talked about this before, where some YouTube coaches that I know say go all in on one platform only. And I have to disagree with that because like, like I said, if I'm that real estate agent and I'm in Charlottesville and I just need one person to be in that area and they happen to come from Instagram versus coming from YouTube, I don't care as long as they bought that house. Like, that doesn't matter to me. Um, you're looking for an app to mass post videos? Yeah. And you know what? If you go live inside of their studio itself, and if you guys want a video, let me know because most of the time I go live through Ecamm and push through. But there was um, there was a week that I went live with my friend Eugene Kappen. That was one of the first episodes. We were talking about like making overlays and stuff and we were doing it in Premiere. But um, a lot of the time when you're live streaming, and tell me if you're afraid to live stream and this is just like terrifying for you because I also am thinking of um, making a video about ways to use live streaming software that isn't actually live streaming. So there's different ways, of course, right? And um, if you're afraid of live streaming, absolutely, that's one thing. But live streaming can also be a great way to up your watch hours if you're newer because people who are in your live streams tend to stay around longer, okay? But... Um, See, I'm trying to even remember, like, what does this mean? It says Clubhouse, um, multiple niches, new platforms. Those are all shiny objects. So those are all examples of shiny objects. Um, but I was saying, if you are inside of the studio app, I have found that it's one of the only ways that I can live stream to Amazon consistently versus um, some other things. But um, there's a lot of things that I like about 
live streaming too, especially because also with my schedule, you guys know, I would much rather have this conversation with you guys and be live and interact with you and being able to be like, you know, being able to read Sharon's comment on Facebook versus your guys's um, comments here on YouTube versus someone else's um, somewhere else. I just, I, I much prefer it. And I was telling someone else, actually, I'd almost rather make all of my content be live because I, one of the reasons I was afraid to live stream before was because I thought that people would really be turned off by my squirrel brain. And so I really try and edit myself into a lot of the videos that come out into something being very sequential and orderly. And it also feels restrictive too, because this is my natural state where it's just a little bit more erratic. And I would rather, I was saying this year, one of the words that didn't make the, the final list. Here was my post-it, guys. See, you guys, you guys thought I was lying. I have a wreath. There, there's an example right there, shiny object. Um, <laughs> I was saying that I was really afraid to sometimes do live streaming because I didn't think that people would appreciate the fact that I just can't always. <laughs> laser beam focus. But um, I was saying that one of the words that didn't make it was authentic. And this is just more of who I am. And this is how I am <laughs> also. And um, I really wanted to show more of myself this year because I'm trying to be more authentic and still trying to get enough content out and meet people where they are and increase my reach because it's not about increasing the subscribers but increasing the reach because you guys know that the point of the channel is to help people become better YouTube creators. Now if I happen to find you on Facebook or I happen to find you on Amazon or whatever, I don't really care where I'm meeting you. I'm saying what I care about is being able to help you. Does that make sense? Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense to people. Pixelpia, yeah. I, I watched one of your live streams and I love that you're incorporating it so early into your channel because I think that a lot of people get really, really scared. And especially when you're new and you're like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to do when no one is watching, especially if I'm new. And um, I just, I feel like this year and, and, you know, at the end of last year, I just don't have the energy in me to only edit myself down to like, a super edited only this version of myself because I've done that for so many years and what I've found is that like after the end of it people still didn't know me anything about me my mannerisms my personality and um so now I'm almost trying to retrain my audience to be like I get it when you're in the beginning you have to just get into the meat and potatoes of it because people don't really give a shit about who you are or how you are or what you believe in or but I feel like as you are on the platform for longer, um, I think it's more important for people to kind of understand who you are authentically at your core and what it is that you're trying to do. And I have not done a very good job of that on my channel. So my channel is here to help people become YouTube creators. I offer services such as how to um, edit videos. I offer services like doing YouTube channel reviews. I offer services like a 12-week coaching program for how to build better YouTube channels or how to, you know, learn how to use vertical video to push out your, your brand or awareness. But I don't talk about that stuff and I don't really do a lot of those conversations with people because I've been also afraid to tell you guys that like, hey, I sell stuff or, hey, my time in exchange um, is worth money. And so I've, I've done this thing where 
And we're going back to last week where a lot of these words that didn't make it, one of them was like unapologetic. And I think for a lot of time and a lot of the first few years, I'm like, I am giving you guys everything for free. And then it became this um, problem or just unexpected thing where I was saying, um, hey, guys, my expertise or my time or my knowledge or the fact that I've been to all of these different conferences, I'm learning these things, I'm sharing these things with you that's worth money. And there are lots of things that you can get for free on YouTube. But I'm saying for something like, hey, I'm creating this entire e-course on how to do video editing, and I'm going to take you from start to finish, and I'm going to do it in sequential steps, and I'm going to be with you all the steps of the way, and that's worth something. And I was too afraid to even come out and almost apologetic to be like, hey, guys, I have this product. And I was too afraid to even talk about the price or talk about how much like time that I invested into it or who I thought it was even for. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. So I've had things where I've had different sponsors or, um, you know, be like, hey, um, we're paying you, but we're not seeing a lot of conversions on your channel. And me even being like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. The reason why is that, one, my audience is not trained to necessarily see me as someone who sells them things. I'm just someone who tells them things. And so I talked about this last week where I've seen s some of the channels, or I talked about this when Daniel was on or other people. I'm like, I've seen lots of other channels really kill it when it comes to affiliate sales. And they have from the beginning been like unapologetically like, this is my rate. This is what I charge. Um, this is the service I have, this is the product I recommend, this is the thing, and I want you to buy it. And I have been more apologetic over the years to be like, hey guys, here's this thing, and I know it's an app that costs $2, and I'm sorry, but here's the thing, it's like, I can't do that anymore <laughs> because you guys can see it in the video that I made about how much money YouTube has paid me for a million views, okay? So the goal was, by the way, to do YouTube full-time and retire from my, you know, full-time job and then do the coaching thing. And it was a surprise to a lot of people. They didn't even know <laughs> that I offer coaching services. They didn't know that I offer channel reviews. They didn't know that I offer an e-course. So how am I going to get to a figure that is a comfortable enough, you know, replacement for my salary if I don't want to talk about it? And one of the things about me is I say that I only want to say it once and then I just expect everyone to know. And I was just like, um, several people have told me, like, no, you have to keep telling them. You not only have to tell them what you're going to tell them, but you have to tell them, tell them what you've told them every video, all the time, in all your Instagram stories. And I'm like, dude, people will not watch. People, you're like, but you're training your audience never to expect anything, never to buy anything, never to realize that, like, it can't just be the surprise when one day you're like, hey, guys, it'd be really cool if you bought something because you that's the first time you've ever talked about it. And so, like, it's been a really, really tough, tough um, time because, honestly, one of the things that was making me feel bad um, was that I know there are other people out there who have been in it a lot less time than I have, and they make a, sh a crap ton of money, guys. <laughs> they make so much money. And... Um, you know, there are people who continually talk about their offer, who continually, and it's not, and I used to be like, dude, there's such a shill, there's such a like, but like people have to 
hear about it multiple times before they even want to buy anything or people have to keep hearing about it before they associate your name with whatever offer it is. And um, it's just one of those things where you have to like get over it, get over yourself. So um, one of the words was unapologetic. And then my word, my final word was abundance. And so this year when I was talking, and you guys will see it in my Instagram post, I said like this year, if it don't make me dollars, it don't make sense to keep doing it. And so stuff like being on Clubhouse for 12 hours, that doesn't make me dollars unless people are going to pay for my coaching program, unless, you know, it's going to convince them to come to my YouTube channel and then pay for a channel review, unless they're going to come to my YouTube channel and then decide to buy a course from me on how to edit. So I need to focus more of my energy this year on activities that actually make me money because AdSense and just making videos that people maybe they find helpful is not making me any money. And as sorely apparent when you go into my what YouTube paid me for 1 million views. So I can say that I got more from one affiliate deal um, over the lifetime of that affiliate deal than I have in four years or whatever it is on being on YouTube. Or I've made more from selling, because even though I wasn't even trying to sell it, um, the, the red paint for the bottoms of the Louboutin shoes that I did once as a repair, I sell hundreds of units of red paint and make money off of that. And I don't make money on my YouTube videos. So also anyone out there who thinks that AdSense is the best way for you to be making money, it's not. I made more from, I can tell you, even the very few courses that I sold from doing the iMovie Made Easy course than I have in four years on being on YouTube. So people think that like, oh, but you have 37,000 subscribers. And I'm like, you guys, there were several months where I would wait for AdSense to roll over to hit $100 because you have to get $100 to get paid out. And this is just being honest with you. I don't make money on YouTube. And so that's why today when I was feeling so down about myself and I was feeling like, I don't even know why the hell I make videos because one, no one watches them. Two, they don't appreciate them or they say that the video was incomplete or it didn't work for them or they don't give me any whatever. And they're not also buying my courses and they're not, um, you know, doing these things. So it's just like, if you're not, if, if you're going to make videos and people aren't going to watch them and they're going to criticize you for making them and you're not going to make any money, it's just like, why are you doing this? Why do you keep doing this to yourself? And so there was, a, today I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't even want to make videos. Um, and it's not just about money, but. The fact is I was definitely bitter because I saw a lot of people who, let's say they've been in it for less time and they make so much more money from people getting and using and upgrading TubeBuddy. I had a conversation with TubeBuddy and I was saying like, I don't know, dude, I've been talking about TubeBuddy for four years. You can go back and look. I've been making videos on TubeBuddy for four years and I have very few people actually get TubeBuddy. I've been talking about Ecamm nonstop for, let's say, four months. I have an affiliate link down in, below, and I don't have a lot of people sign up for Ecamm, you know? And I was then, like I said, I was having this conversation with, um, even with Restream, and I was just like, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people are coming to my channel because they want to learn how to make videos or they want to learn how to YouTube, but maybe the, the live streaming jump is too much for them because, you know, just like any business, they want to be like, there's not a lot of people that sign up for Restream um, with you. Um, you know, I'm like, I can't even give it away for free because it's a free service. You can sign up for free and you get started for free. And I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's too scary. I don't know if there's some step that we're missing in between. I don't know if I just need to make tutorials that are straight up on that, but people don't care because all they want is iMovie. Um, so yeah, these are these are the squirrel brain thoughts. Um, <laughs> you got, And that's the thing is I think I talk about it a lot and I don't want to come across as too pushy, but it's also like if I don't continually talk about these things, then people don't sign up for them or they don't actually realize that like, hey, it would be nice if you actually signed up for these things. Just like I, I thought it was interesting because I was on Steve Dotto's. Now we're just going into a whole therapy session, guys. That's so just at the bottom of this bottle. We just got more truth in there. I was talking about um, I was on Steve Dotto's show. It was a Wednesday show. And he mentioned me briefly, talked about my e-course, and he sold the majority of all of my e-courses. Not even my own audience wanted to buy the e-course from me about learning to edit in iMovie. And I've been making editing in iMovie tutorials for three years. One mention on his live stream on a Wednesday from his audience. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. My audience doesn't want to purchase any of the things that I want to talk about. So it's not like I'm coming here and being like, you guys should buy this like waist trainer or something that I've never even talked. It's like I talk about like three things ever. I talk about TubeBuddy. I talk about Ecamm. I talk about Restream. And I talk about my course. And nobody buys any of those things. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do to convince people because there are other people who mentioned TubeBuddy once and they have like 100 people sign up. And I can mention TubeBuddy for, th like I said, the past three years and like no one signs up. And I'm just like, I don't I don't know what to tell people. Like if I were a brand, I also wouldn't want to like keep paying me or working with me because people don't actually use my service. I'm out of focus. Hold on. People love entertainment and maybe add comedy. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to do comedy. And I think this year, one of the things I've realized is some of the things I just I'm not about and I don't want to do. And I'm not trying to like shit on that. I'm just like, thank you for saying something and like brainstorming with me. But I'm just like, nope, that's not me. That's not what I want to do. And that's not um who I am. So <laughs> so Pixelpia says, you think you talk about them, but you don't as much as you think you do. And you know what? And that's the things I feel like um, I talk about them a lot. And I don't ever want to feel like I'm pushing things down your guys' throats. I don't. And even like during this live stream, like I, I said like three different times, like, hey, buy my course. I have a course. Or, um, you know, that subscribe button. You should do that. Or like and subscribe. And so I feel like I do, but you guys are telling me that I don't. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, those are, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, guys. When you, when you get to, I don't know, wherever you think it is that I'm at, I, um, yeah, so I almost quit YouTube today. So, you know, and, and people, you might look at me and think like, um, oh, your channel's doing so well. But um, yeah, I almost quit today because I'm just like, I can't make any money at this. And and I, I don't want to be like a total like asshole, but like I am making videos so that people will watch so that I can make ad revenue so that I can sell e-courses so that I can help people become creators. Yes, absolutely. But if I'm working a full time job and this is um doing all this and making me that unhappy and um, people don't appreciate it or watch it and I don't make any money. It's kind of like, I don't even know why I'm doing it. So it's been this weird thing. And we've talked about this plenty of times where 
I did this back to school giveaway. I had this influx of like 20,000 subscribers and then I went 18 months not really gaining subscribers but only losing them and that is just demoralizing. So I have this entire thing built up of like <laughs> that will mess with your head, you guys. Um just FYI. So if you think that giveaways are always the best way to get where you want to go or anything like that. I have tons of imposter syndrome when it comes to any of that stuff because people then um, you guys, like I got YouTube certified in, in a couple of categories, which you have to take additional tests and you have to um, do training and stuff like that. Or, um, you know, I, I worked for a big YouTuber for their big high ticket course and I learned a lot of things and there's still this thing in me where I'm always like afraid that like, one, people don't think I'm good enough and two, people always look at my numbers and be like, but you don't have very many views on your videos and it becomes this whole thing about um, view to subscriber ratios and if you're a utility channel and what that means and it's just, um, my course is not on Udemy, it's on um, imoviemadeeasy.com, so. Um, but I'm saying there are people who have made these like huge communities for themselves of like true loyal fans. And that's one I am working on. I'm working on it. But like you can look from the outside and be like, dude, 37,000 and you get 10 people on a live stream even though you advertise it, you know, several hours in advance and you put it on Twitter and you do all the things you're supposed to. And it's almost like embarrassing to be like, yeah, I – but yeah, that that's where I'm at. So <laughs> – Mm-hmm. 2021, man. 2021. I think I have it here in the thing, imoviemadeeasy.com. Yeah, so that's the, the website. So I guess the real thing is, one, if you ever feel like um, you've gotten into a bad headspace and you think that you're the only one it happens to, you're not the only one that it happens to, okay? And I would highly encourage you as well to when you're in the headspace that I'm in currently is um, create a list of things that get you closer to where it is that you want to be, have less of the shiny object syndrome, do less of the things that distract you, which is, you know, outside of the time frame that you're giving or allowing for Clubhouse or for Twitter or for YouTube, just consumption for fun versus anything else. Um, and, and be more like that Richard Branson where it's like, if it's not on that list of three things, those strategic initiatives that he's trying to do, it doesn't matter what the dollar amount is. You're not going to go do that speech. So hopefully you were here for that story. But that's, that's the gist of it is like focusing on the things that bring you closer to where you want to be and focusing less on the things that don't get you closer to that. So that's something that I'm working on um, this year. Definitely still, I'm not feeling 100%. I still had a really honestly shitty day. I almost quit YouTube multiple times today and uh, almost canceled the live stream. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm persevered and I probably shared and overshared way too much. Um, yeah, I definitely shared way too much. I'll drink some more wine. But that's just me, guys. That's where I'm at right now. So hopefully that was helpful to some of you. <laughs>